0: Welcome back, everyone, to another Soul Eats First episode. I am very excited to welcome on my friend Steph to the podcast today. Um, This episode is going to be following um, the one I posted previously, the part one, and this is going to be a part two. So if you haven't listened to that one, it would be good to go listen to that one first because I kind of just... um, spilled my brain um, about my kind of, kind of my journey just with um, reevaluating my intentions with alcohol. And um, so that's just kind of the intro. And this is going to be a more in-depth episode. And I wanted to have Steph on today. Um, we work together at a cafe and we have the best conversations at work. And I'm so grateful for her. And so you guys are going to love her. Um, but We were just talking and we kind of just were realizing that this is like going to be such a beautiful episode because it's two journeys, um, two very different journeys. And they're um, they kind of we were saying they kind of have a a similar structure on how um, we've come to similar realizations, but in very different facets. Like for me, I kind of came to certain realizations on my own through like a natural, um, journey, just basically going inward and through this journey of self-discovery and just, um, facing really uncomfortable, um, truths about myself. Um, like I mentioned in the previous episode, just like, With alcohol, for me, it was just something where I would try to use it to be more fun or more funny and um, just the center of attention and to let loose and all of that kind of stuff. And I've just like cultivated a more um, aware sense of self-respect for myself. And it's just brought me to this point kind of naturally where I do drink less than I used to and a lot less. And for Steph, I just wanted to have her on because she is a recovering alcoholic and I wanted to get this um, perspective from her. So we have a bunch of just like juicy topics to cover together. So yeah, let's get started. Hi, Steph.
1: Hi, Molly. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Me too. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much for
0: having me. You're very welcome. (laughs) Welcome. I just want to, um, I know this is kind of, kind of a heavy question to ask, but I just wanted to kind of get your insight on your journey because on the previous episode, people kind of were able to hear how I came to these realizations. And so from your perspective, I want to hear how you are now at this point that you are mm-hmm. from the experiences that you have gone through. So if you can like generally (laughs) summarize your
1: life into,
0: like, a conversation, then, um, yeah, just tell your story, (laughs) however you
1: feel comfortable. Great. Well, I am, um, for starters, I'm six and a half years now into my recovery journey. So it was um, September of 2015 when I hit my rock bottom. Um, Yeah, which is at this point in my life and my, what's brought me here, it is the biggest blessing of my life. Was my rock bottom, like it saved my life in so many ways, and um, I serve a lot of gratitude toward that journey. But it was ugly. It was ugly uh, before I reached the bottom, and the process of climbing out and becoming conscious and sober. Um, yeah, it was messy. It was challenging. It was painful. But um, yeah, basically the way I like to kind of summarize it is <clears throat> I grew up in Wisconsin and there's a lot of drinking there. It's a big, it's a part of the culture. And yeah, um, my mom was an alcoholic um, and went to college, went to a bigger city, drank a lot in college, all through college. And then my friend, when I was 21 years old, passed away unexpectedly, Um, was actually killed. It's kind of gross how that all played out. But um, yeah, he was killed um, after a bar fight. So I had a really tough time with that. I didn't know how to cope with that. And I don't think there I had the tools or that I was a, conscious enough or aware of tools that could have been available to me. So I did. I just started drinking more and more and partying more and more. Um, and in some sense, it was like to celebrate, you know, like his life, but it just was a slippery slope. And then, um, yeah, it got it got real. It got. Real bad. Um, I really, something that I have learned, um, and you even touched on this in your first episode, but how your environment and your connections play a huge role in whether you want to drink or not, or the way you live ultimately, mm-hmm. your lifestyle, how For you sure. present yourself and show up in the world. And um Yeah, I just, you know, losing my friend kind of just took me down a path, making poor decisions after poor decisions. And I was literally manifesting toxic people into my life and toxic experiences. Um, yeah. And so eventually I got into a very abusive relationship, which was also fueled by alcohol. Um, and... Um, I've done a lot of healing around that. So it's, it feels good enough, um, to mention it, but I, he was not a good person and I didn't know how to handle that. And I was trapped. I was literally trapped. And the only thing I could do was just numb and just tried to escape um, so I drink every day. I had, I got to a point where I had to drink every day because I had terrible tremors, um, you know, where your hands just like shake. Mm-hmm. And I remember it wasn't even like the first. And I also worked at a bar. So like, mm-hmm. talk about your environment, you know. Seriously. So that first shot was never enough in the day. I always, it was always like the second shot, the tremors would go away. hmm. So, yeah, I was drinking every single day, and I don't even know, I I don't even want to think about how much I was putting in my body, but I, um, my body was giving me so many signs that I so obviously neglected for so many reasons. Um, and I think, too, you know, I, I told myself that um, I didn't have a problem, and I think it was either like what you said in your last episode about you were numbing yourself to the fact that you were numbing yourself. Like I didn't want to face it because at that time in my life, not only facing the alcoholism, I'd have to face sober, the abuse that I was enduring and all the other toxic scenarios that may have been in my vicinity. Um, No, I didn't want to face any of that head on. So I dragged myself into oblivion and, um, so sick. Um, I got pancreatitis. Yeah. And yeah. So I was very sick one day, uh, could not stop. I mean, I was sick. I was, I ended up throwing up every day for months, but this day in particular, it was so bad coming out both ends. I had nothing in me anymore. I knew I was dehydrated. Um, couldn't stand up straight, had terrible side pain. I think it's on my right side It's the pancreas. Um, called a few people. I knew I, – I tried to wait it out, tried to sleep it out, but nothing. And I hadn't drank that day. Um, called a few people. Nobody answered to try to have them take me to the ER. So I ended up calling an Uber. Hmm. And an Uber drove me to the ER. Oh, my God. <laughs> And I was admitted into the hospital, like they gave me all sorts. I was in so much pain. Um, I was in the hospital for for four days. My parents came, my brother came, uh, my aunt came. (laughs) And then I remember all the doctors coming in and they're like, do you want to get help? And I was like, help. I mean, yeah, I want to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, it still wasn't registering. I
0: don't have a problem. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, it wasn't clicking, you know? I wasn't like, oh, like, you're actually killing yourself mm-hmm. because this is what alcoholism does, is it? it actually shuts down your body and your organs, and yeah, they can't function anymore. So, i did eventually before i got out of the hospital and it's one of the it's one of the like fondest moments i wouldn't say fondest that is not the right word mm-hmm. um it's just a moment i i hold really close to my heart that i i shared with my mom actually um and my mom has since passed on but and she was an alcoholic and i was killing myself and she sat on my hospital bed And she just like put her hand on mine and just like, just gave me some words of wisdom because she was sober at that point in her life. And she just, she just told me if I'm five minutes sober, to celebrate that. If I'm an hour sober, celebrate that. Mm -hmm. If I'm half a day sober, celebrate that and take it baby steps. Mm -hmm. And then she told me not to, Project or worry about what the future would hold. So, and that that kind of evolved too in the three years that we had together sober um, before she passed away. Um, but ultimately, it was kind of a, a mindset of, and I still think of it to this day. But it's like. I'm never going to tell myself that I'll never have a drink again because the moment that I tell myself I I can't do something or I can't have something, there's something in my brain that's like, now I want that more. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I know you get it. I know, I know you get that because that is in all forms. It doesn't have to be just alcohol or an addiction or it's anything. It's um, just like
0: the, the, you want to be rebellious. Or
1: totally. And I have a huge rebellious side to me. So, no, I was just like taking each moment as it came and just celebrating those victories and never projecting what my future was going to hold. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I've had relapses since, certainly. And I'll tell you today that I think some of my relapses have served me more because – I'll drink like two i've what i've done too is i'll drink like two tall boys and i get so hammered Mm -hmm. and i'm like i don't i don't like this like this doesn't feel good like this doesn't like it doesn't serve me i get into that space again and i'm like this is icky and and oh the it was like a couple months ago i was testing the boundaries and i wanted to have a glass of wine (laughs) I had a glass of wine and I was sitting at some my, my partner lives in a high rise building that has a restaurant in it. So he was still in, in the apartment and I went to go pick up food for us. And as I was waiting for the food, I decided to have this glass of wine. So I'm sitting at this bar and it's like, it's in a rush. It's in an apartment building. So it's not like a, it doesn't feel like a bar bar, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sitting there. And I, I'm, drink, I'm drinking this glass of wine and I'm starting to get buzzed for sure. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I get, I'm get i on my phone and I get this airdrop from a random person trying to send me 26 photos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that was. But I think in that moment, I was just like, okay, I don't think you're supposed to be sitting at the bar drinking a glass of wine and someone's trying to send you like i wonder if i hadn't been drinking that wine sitting at that bar had i received those airdrops it like just took me down this like rabbit hole of like no this doesn't feel right like i'm not in the right place Who at the is, right time no and who's okay. this person trying to send me you know does that that's, make sense yeah, it was just really like a a moment where i was like <clears throat> actually and i didn't finish it <laughs> Like, I don't belong here kind of thing. You're like, um, I shouldn't be receiving these photos. Why am
0: I sitting here? Wait a sec. I need to leave.
1: And I declined it. I didn't see the photos. Yeah, I'm like, what were well, the photos? <laughs> and I don't know if it was a mistake right. or, like, what that could be. It could mm-hmm. be anything in this world. But Interesting. Yeah. So, but it, I don't know. I just, I guess, why did I go on that tangent? Um, Yeah, I think.
0: Like, allowing yourself to have. Just one?
1: Well, I don't. Like, I don't. I am sober from alcohol. I don't drink. But I've had moments where I've tested the boundaries or I've had moments where life has felt hard and I wanted to drink. And every time I'm like, no, I I actually don't want to drink because it doesn't serve me. And so a lot of times it does take me back to that place of, I will never forget the pain I felt with pancreatitis. It was excruciating and it took me a long time to heal physically like my physical body was not well and i i'm not i don't like to talk about weight but i was 70 pounds more than i am now and it was i was bloated and i was so unwell (laughs) unwell and my body was like hello Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're trying to give you all the signs and you're just neglecting and ignoring. And yeah, (laughs) so here I am um, six and a half years later and I've left Wisconsin and that has played a huge role in my healing process um, and my sobriety. Um, Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. I loved that yeah thank you yeah for sharing all of that
1: yeah and and
0: like i mentioned at the beginning of this episode how different our paths have been extremely extremely different very drastically different and from your perspective it was like this um not only your body telling you please stop Mm
1: -hmm. like
0: you need you need to stop yeah you need to stop and your environment mm-hmm. and the toxic people mm-hmm. and like all of those are signs in my mind like look what you're attracting because of this look what you're bringing into your life because of this absolutely um but then um i think i just want to keep like weaving in both of our things because like from my perspective like you don't need to have a problem or an addiction with alcohol to be sober too and no either way you get to that point and i i don't call myself sober because i drink like very occasionally now and um so i don't like put the label on myself um but it is the it is the most liberating thing i've like ever done for myself and i even had little you know the subtleties of the the effects on my body starting to show um and and like I was telling, I was telling Steph earlier in college, like I mentioned this in the previous episode, but it was really fun. It mm-hmm. was really fun. Mm-hmm. We had a great time. We partied and um, I wouldn't really change anything because I've gotten to this point anyway. But um, I, I, my, my body was, affected too and and i was telling Steph how um all of my friends and i would always say you know alcohol isn't a problem until we're out of college like we can drink our asses off in college and we're not alcoholics because we're in college <laughs> and like it's not a problem until we graduate basically and i'm like okay and you know the partying continued after college and then i was like when is this going to become a problem like am i just supposed to be the judge of like am i drinking too much i don't know how much is too much um but it's just interesting the alcohol that's why i named that episode challenging the drinking culture because it's a culture and i was in it and you know it's like we kind of like it is a problem Mm -hmm. And and to me, I don't want to make anyone feel bad. And this is not I never, ever. Hopefully people know this by now, geez. But like I never approach any situation with judgment. Um, most of the things I talk about, I've like been through myself. So I'm not judging myself. I'm not judging anyone for drinking. I'm just like bringing new light to this topic because it's something that like especially people my age just getting out of college or in college don't think that it's a problem because they're young and they're just having fun and um yeah like you mentioned it's like uh i wonder if people would see the things that they're attracting and like the relationships that are um in their lives and um what what the drinking culture is bringing them and if they eliminated that like i wonder how their lives would change and like i was telling you a big part of it for me my like um one of my main reasons for like kind of stepping away from drinking so much is that I would not have very like a the quality of my friendships weren't as good Mm. as I wanted them to be because number one like I would when I was drinking I would be the person to you know, pull someone's aside and like get really deep. Cause I would just be, I would just want to share and connect, but like, I wouldn't remember anything I said the next day. Right. And um, so that really like hurt me. And I felt that number one, that doesn't serve me and that I feel bad for the other person because they might remember. And I don't know anything we talked about. And that's like, you know, it could be offensive to someone. Like they must, they might've shared some deep stuff with me and I don't remember it. <laughs>
1: Like what
0: is happening? And so I would just say weird things and do weird things. And I just got to this point where I was like, that's not even me. Like, who is she? It was like, almost like, you know, we joked in college, we had alter egos and we would name them. Mm -hmm.
1: I had an alter ego. Yeah. And I was like,
0: okay, that's not me. Why do I keep allowing space for this like alter ego that I don't like? Like, I don't like her. She doesn't remember anything when she's drunk. Um, I was like, I don't want that thing to exist anymore. It feels separate from me and I just want to be me. And it just got to the point where I just started questioning. Yeah. Why am I doing that? Yeah. Why can't I why can't I have fun with my friends and have deep conversations without um, being under the influence of something?
1: Yeah. Um my journey was a little different. Mm-hmm. But I um My – so my identity was based all around alcohol, everything, literally everything. So I – when I was almost what felt like forced into sobriety at that time, however, again, my biggest blessing and so much gratitude for that. But it was. It wasn't a, a natural conscious decision. It was like you are going this direction because if not, you're going to die Um, so I, my identity was based around alcohol. So whether it was, um, just partying, I was really into sports. So any sporting event I would go to, you got a pregame, you got a post game Mm -hmm. during the game, all the things, um, I would gamble sometimes a little bit. Um, but my days were structured around drinking. So like figuring out when to get my errands done so that I hadn't Had a drink already, Mm -hmm. you know? Or, um, yeah, I don't know, like making sure I always had a six pack or a bottle of wine. So, like when I became sober, um, so I moved into my parents' basement, I went to outpatient rehab. Um, It was arguably, I mean, it was some of the darkest times of my life Mm -hmm. because at that time I was then facing all of the demons, but without anything to numb it. And so um, I also just saw this quote and I wanted to share it um, because it just like, it just really resonated and I think anyone can resonate with it, but it's, your new life is going to cost you your old one. It's going to cost you your comfort zone, your sense of direction. It's going to cost you relationships and friends. It's going to cost you being liked and understood it doesn't matter because the people who are meant for you are going to meet you on the other side you are going to build a new comfort zone around the things that actually move you forward instead of being liked you're going to be loved instead of being understood you're going to be seen all of the all you're going to lose is what was built for a person you no longer are mm. let it go Ugh yeah brianna weist i think i am pronouncing that before uh, correctly but i've seen it before this quote and then it kind of like came across um yeah my feed the other day and i was like that is so." it's just all the work i've done like i had to literally let go of the woman that i was and create a new identity and so It took me years, Molly, literally years to tell people that I don't drink because I had no idea how to identify as someone who doesn't drink Mm -hmm. because that's all I I had ever done. I think I got drunk for the first time when I was 12, maybe. I'm not sure. And then very consistent in high school, all through college, post-college, that's when my life got real icky. Um, And then I crashed. And burned and but then it's like where do you go from here you go up and so one of the first things i found was um running it was actually the first the first like quote unquote hobby i had no hobbies i had no hobbies i dabbled in crocheting i dabbled in like art and like doodling i dabbled in a lot of things um And running stuck because it's sort of, I didn't have a therapist either for a while there until I moved out here. And so it was my therapy. And so running has always been actually part of my healing process. So there are times where I'll put running aside. And I did that this winter um, because I have a, I need to do some shedding and some understanding that this is part of my process and not make it feel like a chore, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Like, I have to go for a run because I have to do this. Well, just understanding my relationship to that, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think that quote is so beautiful because yours was like a natural process. in kind of. Shedding friends that may not resonate anymore. And instead of being like, do you found friends that love you? Mm-hmm. And like we work together. I see it every day, like people that we work with love and they just love you for you and you show up and I love you, Molly, you know, it's, it's just, that's the beauty Mm -hmm. of like letting the old parts of you go that don't serve a purpose anymore and welcoming the new blossoming Molly, Stephanie, whoever, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't know. I just think that, I think it's taken me a long time to get here, um, but I have reached a point where I would say drinking has no benefits, Mm -hmm. none. And that is my experience and my um, thoughts on it from based on my personal human experience. Um, But I don't think that it, no it's like a literal poison mm-hmm. it doesn't serve no
0: <laughs> like no no I mean, i've been
1: like like just why? slowly coming to this realization you know and and that's okay like yeah. you have to have your own process with it and like even when i was forced in what felt like forced into sobriety but the blessing of sobriety i just i didn't you know i yeah. I was proud of the little milestones i remember when i reached 30 days and i was like "Fuck, wow wow like that's really impressive and eventually it became pride Mm -hmm. there was a huge sense of pride and there still is to this Mm -hmm. day um it looks pride probably looks a little bit different but you know reaching your first 30 days your first 60 days your first 100 days like your first six months, your first year, like you celebrate every single one of those milestones and you just take a moment and you recognize how far you have come and how hard you have worked. And I can't tell you those first six months, easily the hardest because I'm not, I'm like learning how to feel my emotions for the Mm -hmm. first time in years. Maybe ever because drinking at a starting at a young age, drinking, and then as you're kind of evolving as an adolescent into high school, like, I don't know, did I ever feel my emotions? Like, was I ever capable of that really until Mm -hmm. I got sober? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so, facing any emotion, like not knowing what anger felt like or embarrassment felt like or even love felt like, or gratitude or joy. Like, yeah, I had to feel again. And that was really challenging. It was really, it was really hard. It was really painful. It was dark. Mm -hmm. I didn't know where to put these emotions or how to understand them. I got to a point in my sobriety where I started seeing people drinking and being sloppy and, or just being, loose or being hurtful or whatever and i was like ew like why is that okay why is that okay but like we can't be authentic and sober and that's like in maybe societal terms not okay or it's just like not you know, I don't think, to be honest, I don't think sobriety has the stigma or addiction has the stigma that it once did. It, it it doesn't. Like you're seeing more and more people to this day who don't necessarily, who have never necessarily been labeled as an alcoholic or having a problem, quote unquote, but recognizing the harmful effects mm-hmm. of it and choosing yeah. to be more sober my yeah. partner is the exact same way like he does not like drinking uh-huh. he had a few drinks he had two drinks one night and he was like I am hung over and I now I can't do anything all day and it it doesn't make me feel good uh-huh. like why do I do that to myself yeah I'm just here to remind you that alcohol is a depressant yeah so the more you're putting into your body and even even after one night of drinking several drinks and feeling hung over the next day it you are depressed. Your body is literally, I wish I knew the science behind it, but it's, it's, it's not well, like it's depressed and you're climbing out of a dark wall or a dark hole trying to understand like, why do you feel this way when you have such nourishing things around you, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. what I'm saying, like, Mm -hmm. but it's because the alcohol takes you to dark places. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just think that um, I think the more I, I've stepped away from it and the longer I have been sober and on my personal recovery journey, um, the more I see, the, the clearer I become mm-hmm. to the concept of alcohol and the less I attract people who drink like that's, I mean, I just don't attract that anymore. Like my partner who I met a year ago, like doesn't, he doesn't drink. And I remember setting those intentions about when I wanted to find a partner being like, I want someone who doesn't drink or doesn't need to drink or doesn't care about drinking. And then I remember just having my doubts of like, but does that even exist? I was
0: just going to say that. And like, it, of course that's like it a... does.
1: Being someone too that now runs, now it's like, why would I put, why would I drink? Because then I'm not going to be able to run tomorrow. I'm not going to have the, exactly. my body is not going to be at 100%. It's probably going to be at 60%, you know, just by putting alcohol in my body that's not, it's not even talking about all the food and fuel and other things, the proper sleep, you know, there's so many things that go into your health. Like, Alcohol is like one of the easiest things, in my opinion, at this point to just, I don't need it anymore, you Mm -hmm. know, like, put it away. Get it it (laughs) out of here. Get it out of here. The other thing is like everyone who is in recovery, I've noticed um, everyone's recovery journey is so different. And I think that that is something that is so beautiful about about it and just like honoring people's paths Um, or people that like aren't necessarily in recovery but are choosing not to drink and how they reached that place Mm -hmm. in their life. Um, I met this guy on New Year's Eve. He's actually a celebrity. (laughs) I think I told you about him. But we got out. So on New Year's Eve this past New Year, um, I was with my partner and some of his friends. And my partner and I bought um, the the Welch's grape juice, mm-hmm. the white grape juice, because we wanted to feel fancy and we don't drink. And so we got it out. There was five of us. And there was that celebrity there, which is hilarious to me. Um, and he asked, he's like, Do you, does any of you drink? And none of us there. There was five of us total, including this person. Um, none of us really drank. And I remember him, He and then he asked, like, I told him I was in recovery and he was asking me questions about my recovery. And I was like, wow, like intrigued that you're curious about my journey. Um, But he went on to say about his own personal journey and how he's reached a point in his life that he is so clear and how dark of a time it was when he was drinking and how far he's come and how healthy and happy and like literally how, how the grass is greener on this other side. He's like, I have no reason why I would wanna ever go back. Now that I've recognized, and I've been this long without alcohol, why would I ever wanna go back to that? Mm-hmm. Because my life is so much brighter and I have welcomed so many more beautiful, non-toxic, healthy, happy humans in my environment. My environment is literally thriving why would I go back to that? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. That's spot on. Like, I feel that so much, so much. And too, like long distance hiking and, um, running and just, just the things, just like communicating with friends and having like heartfelt, conscious connections with people. Why would I ever want to go back to that? Like, I don't miss, I don't, I don't miss it. Mm-hmm. No. When I also, when I went out with y'all <sighs> that right. night and I didn't, I didn't drink. Um, there's a whole nother scene that goes on at night <laughs> and I didn't, you know, I hadn't been exposed to that in a while. Cause I'm one of those people. that's just like in bed at 9 PM, 10 PM, whatever. And I was like, yeah, I don't, and there was an energy and I can, I can feel energies and there's just like an energy that I was like, this is not, this is not my scene. This is not, this does not fulfill me. This does not fill my cup up. It actually depletes it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm almost more anxious um, being around this many people. Like, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't you guys, you know, I loved No, I I But there's people everywhere and there's cars everywhere. There's just an energy that doesn't resonate anymore. You know, it served its purpose. And I know you said this in your... Episode, the first one, part one, and I feel it so wholeheartedly. I don't, I don't necessarily have any regrets. Um, they were all lessons, but I, I would never want to live that life again. Yeah, it's it all served its purpose. It all got me to where I am today. Like I wouldn't be. Everything opened yeah. a door and set me on my path and maybe I had to reroute a couple times but it got me here and I wouldn't change it but I'm never I never want to go back to that and I do not miss it at all mm <laughs> I
0: love the person you are. Oh, yeah, I love you. Like I don't know all the details to your journey by any means and I never will, but I'm glad all of them happened because you are a quality oh. human being. Thank you. You are seriously a quality human being and like I I haven't really t- had this deep of a conversation ever with someone like that's been on your journey, but even people that haven't um or are not on the journey of um, recovering from alcoholism anyone that i talk to that has even reduced their alcohol intake or just stopped drinking because they simply want to isn't like just seems liberated like i feel like it's just the most liberating thing.
1: it's so liberating and you
0: and like i i can't even tell you the amount of time that has been devoted to myself that would have been spent partying. Yeah. now Me in my bed, exactly like, you know, at 9 p.m., 10 p.m., journaling, like, yes. writing, reading, like, doing a-saying affirmations. Yeah, like, doing a meditation. And, um, yeah. I think, yeah, for me, like, I, I really started to almost be like, just so intrigued with the feeling of waking up on like a Sunday morning refreshed and like ready to go on
1: a walk. It's a gift, it is a gift.
0: And yeah, instead of being hungover, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the best day me and my friends would even talk about that. Like, wow, it feels so good to not be hungover today. And it was very rare and it just keeps getting you know more and more and more where i wake up and i'm like i feel so good yes. i feel so good i could cry yes. last night was like so fun <laughs> i lit my incense and i went yes. to town on like some journal i like you know i know myself
1: and that's filling your cup filling and nourishing cup. yourself and alcohol i i mean I don't know. Does anyone have any, like, points that would say that that is nourishing? I don't think there's any nourish. <laughs> there's, no, there's no positives to it. But, you know, I've done a lot of my own journey with it. But, yes. Yes. Yeah. And, like, um,
0: I don't know. This I feel the pull to, like, talk about this again, the effects on your physical body. And um, we were talking about, like, how, you know, you – you carry weight you gain weight when you drink it's not only the alcohol and i don't like to talk about weight either but i also i also feel like i shed it was more of like i shed and um when i started drinking less you know what i mean i was just like
1: yeah but it's full of sugar it's full of
0: sugar it's not good for you blah 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 and I, (laughs) i don't know the exact science behind it either so i won't like go act like i know all of those things but um Like, not only on the physical anatomy of my body, you know, my organs, but I was experiencing the signs that it was not good for me and like the way I felt and I follow how I feel Mm. now. And I think it all comes with like my journey through intuitive eating. I listen to my body and I'm vegan and I've been craving fish a lot. Mm. So I'm like, I'm probably gonna eat some fish because I probably need the omega-3s. You know, or whatever, omega-6. And it's the same thing. I would drink, and the next day I would I would evaluate. You know, I'd be listening to my body, and I would be so depressed. And I was telling you, like, that was one of the main things. Like, I've experienced depression, and I don't want to feel like that. And alcohol would make me feel very depressed the next day. And even residual into the, you know, it felt like it was bleeding into the, even the day after the next, you know certainly the day after absolutely and i just didn't want to feel like i don't want to feel like that and the signs for me were that feeling of sadness and like regretting what i did and stuff like that and i just always would ignore it and just be like well you know we'll we'll drink some water and get out of this and but it would take a whole day to recover and so i just started to like listen to my body and And actually have some self-respect yeah In my my personal experience that's what it felt like i wasn't respecting my body very much and now i'm like oh my god this vessel is carrying my soul i got to take care of this thing wow like yes it's it's like
1: that's powerful
0: yeah i'm like wow i need to water it i need to feed it (laughs) I, i wouldn't you know i water my plants i wouldn't go Put Diet Coke in my plants.
1: No, because it doesn't serve it. Because
0: It wouldn't help it. Yeah, or, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I just, like...
1: Water is life.
0: Started to see my body as, like, this thing that I need to nourish just as, like, a plant.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's that's the self-intentioned journey yeah. that we consciously put ourselves on. Yeah. Absolutely. We... Are conscious to what we put in our bodies now yeah and And, I think
0: more people are having a conversation around this like I've just noticed that and I feel like it is because like health and wellness are becoming like a little bit something like people are a little bit more aware of now you know my friends my age are reaching out to me you know realizing the impact of like what they put on their bodies and how that affects them down the road and like I think it doesn't need to be something where you listen to this episode and you're like oh my god I need to change everything i need to i need to not drink ever again it just like comes sometimes and that's part of like how i feel i started to eat better Mm -hmm. and that isn't just like alcohol isn't just canceled out by a healthy clean diet no it's like a component and i think if that's just part of the natural flow of this process i eat i eat clean because i want to feel good and I drink good water because I want to feel good and I want to feel my body. And that's like, I just would almost feel bad for my poor little body when I was putting alcohol, so much alcohol into it. Because I'm like, well, oh, like I care about it most of the time. And then I just. Throw it all away when I drink alcohol. Well, like, I don't know. It's just like an th- interesting reevaluation.
1: I think that was one of my biggest, like, learning or something that I held on to, I would say, um, is the pancreatitis. Like, I'd say that remembering that feeling of such pain and like the just the the toxic energy that was literally inside of me that was – I was puking it out and it was just – it was everywhere. And like I will never forget that. I will never forget where I was and the feeling how how helpless I felt. Like I had a hospital bracelet on that said fall risk. I had cords coming out of what felt like every vessel of my body. Like I – had to get help going to the bathroom. I couldn't walk myself to the bathroom. I was on so many meds. I had IVs. I had EKGs on me because they told me I was at high risk for a seizure. Like I I will never forget that. And that was from drinking. That was from putting alcohol in my body. And like what I don't ever want to be there again. I just want to put nourishing, positive, loving things in my body. But yeah, don't get me wrong. Like certainly I'll eat crap sometimes, well, yeah, you know, I love yeah. candy bars and I love gummy bur- gummy bears and like <laughs> chips, <laughs> you know, like I like, you know, I like <laughs> bad things sometimes, but um, I do hold that memory so close to me and it, saves me from ever going back to that life. Or it, it has. It has saved me. I think the first few years of really, truly shedding the drinking identity that I had and starting a whole new life, finding new friends, finding a new community. Um, I still have some friends that, were, that are in my life today that were present at that time. But I would say most of them drink less now and they don't drink around me and they don't need to drink around me and they know yeah. So, yeah, it's just, I think, holding on to that pain and how how awful I felt. Like, just like what you're talking about, about how crappy you feel when you drink, but then how great you feel when you drink clean water and eat whole foods and put good things in your body and drink lovely teas, mm-hmm. loose leaf teas. Like, why… Why would we want to put ourselves through that pain? Why do we do that? Why do we need to do that?
0: I don't
1: know. I mean, of course it's kind of
0: realizing a little more.
1: I think that can be a whole rabbit hole too that you can go down of like facing your trauma, facing your your own baggage or your own whatever it is. But I can guarantee you that healing is so rewarding. And it's so rewarding when you do it on a conscious level and you're able to connect with other people doing the same process. Like, it's so liberating. Like, it just lights me the fuck up. Like, now I say with such pride, I don't drink. I don't drink because I don't have to and I don't want to. And it's it's great. You should try it, you know? <laughs> like, I can't, like, try it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know you are. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. I so agree. I yeah. feel like I, I just like, yeah, I know myself better.
1: Definitely. Cause you're awake.
0: Yeah. It's just like,
1: <sighs> you're here, you're aware.
0: Yeah. more aware and taking the time and, and just like, where, where is my energy going? What is it? Where am I putting that? What type of energy, you know, what type of energy am I putting in my body? Like depression is a low vibration. Mm -hmm. What can I do? I
1: mean, alcohol is a low vibration. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think. Alcohol
0: depresses and it is a low vibration. It's like, okay, I don't want to be in that. What can I do to not um, drink good water, eat really good food, um, abstain from alcohol, a little bit, a lot of it for me. Um, However, whoever's listening, whatever feels good, you know, it's just a journey and it's different for every single person. And it's just like, um, how, how bad do you want to feel good? And, and.
1: And I think trusting the process of it, because I, I am a walking example of how My life is so beautiful now, like so beautiful, the experiences that I've like manifested and my partner who's healthy and incredible in every possible way and my community of people and the jobs I've had and my apartment, like I just feel safe and nourished in my day-to-day, and there is no way I felt even remotely close to that when I was putting alcohol in my body every single day. Not even close. Like, it's, it's so beautiful to, like, witness that I was literally manifesting toxic scenarios and toxic people, and now I manifest true beauty and magic.
0: Mm-hmm. Every
1: day. Like, every day. Every day. I love it. It's so self-serving. It's so nourishing. It, like, fills – your cup
0: I love the version of you that I know and I'm proud oh, of your growth thank you wow and you should be really proud of who you are and proud of the things that you've been through And because thank you oh my gosh it's like you ever get the chance to meet Steph <laughs> you're gonna have a good rest of your life <laughs> that like my journey as different as it is than yours has led me to know you because it's just like a a constant example of like the more um, intention I put into my life and the more I pay attention to what I'm doing and where my energy is going like the things that are coming into my life Mm -hmm. are like yeah, like magic. Like the people are vibrant. Vibrant and full of life and vulnerable and messy. And we can share
1: and wisdom. stories. Yeah. And we
0: can share vulnerabilities and we can be happy in our natural states together. And like I'm enjoying your company so much. Oh right now. And I always do. And you're so sweet. I I just want, yeah. If there's anything else that you want to tell whoever is listening whatever you want to say <laughs> well
1: it's, it's wild too to just to piggyback off what you just said that I've, i i feel like i've been at this for long enough now that the old Steph really there's no pieces of her present i mean that's not true, <laughs> that's yeah. not true. i yeah. am still here <laughs> But like the woman that the way I was living my life, like there's just been such a massive metamorphosis that I have personally gone through that it's really interesting when I do share my story with people newer into my life in the last couple of years. And they're just like in awe of like where I've come from. And then I take a moment and I'm like, I'm kind of in awe. Like, yeah. Like it just, it almost feels so long ago yeah um but yeah thank you and i i really admire and respect where you're at in your life right now because i just i i think a lot in the shower and i was showering before i came over here and i was like also there's something with that i noticed when i shower i'm like releasing stuff and it's like I'm cleansing yeah it's really kind of beautiful so I was thinking what would I have done differently at my life and with my life if I had your awareness at my age like I thought about that Mm -hmm. and I just admire you challenging the normal the culture the drinking culture the Societal expectation at your at your age. and not that age means anything, but I was twenty six i was i was I was, yeah, like I just didn't have any idea that you could be. That you could cut back or that you that i didn't need alcohol like i had no i had no clue even when i was laying in the hospital you know i was like wait a problem (laughs) like what you know so i'm just excited for you and i think you've got a lot of wisdom and we we talk about random stuff all the time Mm -hmm. and i really respect it and i love it and i look forward to it especially with the water (laughs) we're We're getting geeked i know
0: I got living water out right here. We're in high water. I love it. I love it. I love water.
1: Me too. It's life. It is life. It's literally life.
0: Especially this water. But yeah, I, I appreciate you being here with me and sharing this new perspective. And I, I love opening my eyes to new things. It's beautiful. Every time I do. I'm just like, wow, there's so much more than I thought. Wow, there's so much more than I thought out there. Just again and again and again. And I'm like, Keep expanding life. life. Oh my gosh. It's, it's just so beautiful. good. And it's a gift. It's a gift and <sighs> you're um,
1: a gift. You're a gift.
0: <laughs> you're a gift. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to know you and to feel appreciated by you. And I hope you feel appreciated by me. Absolutely. I appreciate your vulnerability. Thank you. On this episode. And yeah. My I love vulnerability and I love connecting. And this was a beautiful episode and I hope like whoever's listening, you know, is listening.
1: Yeah, just listening. Just listening. Yeah. Just soaking it in. Soaking
0: it in. (laughs) However you want. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Until next time. Until next time. I would love to have you on again. Okay. <laughs> I love you. I love Bye you. Bye, everyone.